Welcome to Perfecting the Formula. My name is Mahesh. And this is Juan. And welcome to our pre-race coverage for actually both the Monaco Grand Prix, which we'll, you know, touch on. You know how we feel about the Monaco Grand Prix. And then dive right into the Indianapolis 500 while we're actually, why we're actually here today. It was a little spicy, but before we get to everything... Uh, there was some sad news earlier today. Um, Nikki Lauda, at the age of 70, passes away... Uh, for those of you who don't know him, Nicky Lauda was three-time Formula One champion. He really revolutionized the way drivers interact with engineering. They were drivers just used to, you know, get into the car, drive it as fast as they can, hop out of the car. But Nicky Lauda was like, uh, let me look at how this thing is built and let me modify how this was built. And he had he was an amazing driver who overcame a, a horrific injury in um, at um, the Nurburgring and then came back to race in that very same season to try and contend for the championship um, his and Hunt's rivalry is one that went down as one of the roughest in the ages. So clearly uh, uh, an amazing driver, and, and it's truly a loss to have lost him. And so we would like to just take a quick moment of silence to remember Nikki Lauda. All right, thank you for uh, doing that with us. So now we'll jump right into our pre-race coverage for the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, you know, I think Juan's got some quick news. So, Juan, what do you got? So, there is some spicy news about the Monaco Grand Prix. Usually, we're like, hey, Red Bull's going to do awesome. But according to um, Motorsports, they were doing some analyze. Well, they were analyzing the part of the Barcelona track, how they could, long story short, they could configure that track in such a way uh, they could, the tight uh, section three actually semi-resembles Monaco. Right, right, right. Yeah, they always do that, yeah. And actually, Red Bull was slacking this time compared to the other teams, which... Well, uh, that's because, I mean, that's because Red Bull always does that on fast track. So uh, Spanish Grand Prix is considered... Well, no just Sector 3 timing itself. Right, but the thing is, is that Spanish Grand Prix is always a fast track, mm -hmm. so they, they intentionally nuke their cars in Sector 3 so that they'll do decently on Sector 1 and 2. So I don't think that's really indicative. I think Motorsport needs to get their head out of their ass. Well, everybody was all about the Ferrari train, but everybody's regretting it now. Yeah, but that's a different story. Yeah, but so that's overall, that. um, I think Red Bull is still going to keep their head in the game. I think they're going to do definitely much better than the uh, Ferrari team. But it's going to be interesting watching how the Mercedes uh, new DNA has progressed into the season. Hopefully... Somebody kicks him off the top. Yep, I guess we'll see. So what other news do we got, Juan, before we dive into Indy? Well, there's not much about actually Monaco. It's just Monaco. And whatever qualify yeah. happens, that's pretty much the finish. So since Monaco is the way it is, Juan and I are just going to go ahead and give our podium predictions really quick. Uh, I'm going to make mine pretty simple. One is going to be Max Verstappen. Two is going to be Lewis Hamilton. Three is going to be Valtteri Bottas. Different than mine? Oh, interesting. Um, I had um, Max Verstappen, obviously, at top. Yeah. Uh, followed by um, Bottas, because, you know, I'm a Bottas lover. And then, for some random reason, we're going to have Leclerc up there. Cause... Oh, fuck <laughs> that. Nope, nope, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Next. Uh, but really, it's most likely going to be Mer Max at the top, and then Mercedes is going to swap one way or another. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. That was our quick coverage of the Monaco Grand Prix. Now let's dive right into the Indy 500. So, Juan, what's our news in related to the Indy 500? Well, everybody's going to know this one. Um, unfortunately, Alonso did not qualify to make the uh, Indy 500. What? Why? 
Wait, you just learned about this? <laughs> I'm mm, yes, because <laughs> I, I I intentionally don't follow the news until I hear it from you. Yeah, so he was actually bumped um, from qualifi- qualifying. So when he was uh, doing it in 2017, he qualified in the top five on the top two rows easily. What happened this year? Uh, well, first we have to figure, start from what happened last year. Oh. Uh, Honda and McLaren. Yeah. Remember, one thing Fernando, I thought he would have learned, but he hasn't. Is stay away from a Honda engine? No. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Oh, no. What did he do? Well, remember because of this uh, new thing or because of the way that McLaren and their Honda divorced it, divorced, uh, when they were starting up their new project for IndyCar for this year, um, they couldn't have gone back to Andretti, who are top-notch team. Yeah. So because of that, and Andretti has Honda engines, they had to figure out, hey, we have to find another team with Chevrolet engines because that's the only other engine supplied. Oh, God, and they suck. <laughs> so uh, they stuck with Carlin, which Carlin is a second-year team. So they're not doing that that hot. So long story short, they were the newbie team that's only one year in. And they f- couldn't qualify. Correct. Three of the Carlin cars uh, out of six did not qualify. <sighs> Alonzo, why? All right, so, all right. Alonzo's out, but, you know, you still have a great lineup other than so, Alonzo. Other than, well, the long story short, actually, problem started about three weeks ago when they did the first round of testing at Indy. Um, and Alonzo only had barely a couple hours of actually road time. Until his engine broke, pretty much, and they had to redo it. Uh, during qualifying, or last week's testing prior to qualifying, he actually lost it and hit the wall. So they had to change the McLaren Bell chassis to a um, chassis from last year, if I remember right. Oh, so that, that was also a problem. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks overall that Alonso's not racing. He was really a dominant force in Indy. But, I mean, Indy has always not just been about one driver. So I'm sure there's other amazing drivers out there that will show that will um, show their skill at Indy. So what other so, news do we got? First of all, before we go, we're – oh, before we get too much into it, uh, let's, we're going to go through the podium. The way Indy starts is a three-row lineup. Right, so you have your uh, – it's three in every single row, and it's a rolling start like NASCAR. It's yeah. not a standing start like Formula One or uh, Formula E. So it's – there's several different – so there's – I think the only team that actually qualified multiple people on the top is uh, Team Penske. So um, the way qualifying works for Indy is Saturday they, do, they qualify everyone. Uh, the uh, They lock in places between 10 to 30. And then um, Sunday they do a bump day. So they only have 33 spots in the track. So anybody – so the last – People from 31 until however many people put their names in the hat are pretty much requalified. Uh, whoever doesn't make it, bye. Alonzo, unfortunately, was one of them. And then the top nine, they redo their qualifying pretty much like a Q3 session, and they just go for the fastest, and that's how they determine the top nine. Yeah, that that uh, that makes sense. Uh, so, so um, wait, uh, forget, I'm trying to get his name. Uh, so qualifying was a very interesting. So another team who lost their sponsor the week before Indy 500 uh, pretty much had a Cinderella story. Um, they bumped, he bumped um, 
uh, Kyle Kaiser from Junko's Racing. They lost their sponsor the week before. The day before qualifying, he put his car in the wall. Um, he was able to get his car fixed in less than um, uh, less than twenty four hours. When where Alonso's team took more than almost forty eight hours to fix his car. Dang, not bad. Engineers working overtime. <laughs> so you know you have a naked car, pretty much, uh, just uh, just the engine logo and the driver's name, and they're doing it that way. Uh, as you can see in my screen or Mahesh, it's just pure white car. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So he's riding on a road chassis or road style chassis. So Indy has two different types of chassis: road and uh, uh, oval. Oval, right? Just like NASCAR, and so he's got. A chassis that's designed to make right and left turns and is designed to have high downforce when he needs the high speed chassis that just provides enough downforce to make sure you're sticking to the track. Yeah. So he bumped uh, Alonzo. Uh, he qualified 32 out of 33. So yeah. Alonzo was barely making it. And then he just bumped Alonzo. Well, <laughs> I mean, kudos to him. So, I mean, really interesting news heading into what's sure to be an exciting race. I know he's not going to finish on. The top 10, but I want to see where uh, Kyle Kaiser goes, especially the Junko's uh, racing team. Hopefully they get a sponsor by the end of the weekend. I doubt it, but, you know, it's pretty cool to see them up there anyway. Uh, do we have any other more exciting news one before we dive into everyone's um, favorite segment? So the person in charge of the um, Indy project for McLaren uh, actually quit immediately after the... Yeah, figure. Uh, immediately after <laughs> Fernando was a failed. I mean, I mean, wouldn't you honestly? It's like how we're wondering how, uh, uh, how come not not all of the Williams team has just you know been like you know screw this we're leaving. I mean, yeah. uh, it, it's very <laughs> it's very clear that that should have happened. Which is quite interesting. Robert's firmly excuse was like, "My contract was to end of Randy. We're done." <laughs> I mean, sounds good to me, honestly. Yeet. Uh, he was like, yeet, we're out of here. I mean, and with that last news story, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Perfecting the Formula's Bold Predictions. And obviously, in IndyCar, we don't care about no podium or no driver of the day. There are only two predictions that matter this week, then. The winner and our bold prediction. So, Juan, who's your winner? All right. As much as I want to give it to our Cinderella story, which is... Very, very low chance of actually happening. Um, uh, where's where's their name? So, yeah, I've been following some of the racers, and um, Tim Pinsky actually does pretty well. So, um, I don't watch Indy as much. You know, I watch the St. Petersburg race, and not everything is shown on TV. But I want to give it to Alexander Rossi, who actually was at the end of the um, – Requalification for Sunday, for Super Bowl—that's what they call it. I mean, uh, I don't uh, that I don't disagree with that. I think that that's a pretty good call. Uh, Rossi is in ninth. I mean, and by and by um, what you might call it standards by indie standards, that's actually not that far back. Um, for me, there are some interesting drivers you obviously have to uh, note. First is, oh, we've already talked about Kyle Kaiser. The fact that he made it onto the grid is obviously pretty interesting. Um, Will Power, I mean, second row, that's not a bad place for him to be. Marco Andretti in 10th position. Connor Daly. Takuma Sato being 14th interests me, mainly because he's behind Marcus Erickson. So, 
again, interesting that he's down there. Scott Dixon really, I think, disappointed a lot of people finishing um, qualifying in 18th. So we'll see how that goes. And then, I mean, you just have some other people. But Felix Rosenquist is on this grid, albeit in 29th. So clearly, uh, clearly that there's a lot of interesting things going on. So watch Marcus Erickson just all of a sudden pull out of the bag. Yeah, honestly. And then uh, he wants to go to F1 and uh, or is allowed back into F1 because uh, Sauber at the time or now Alfa Romeo did him a little dirty. I mean, I don't think they did. He wasn't a great driver. So he needed to go. He just had the money. And so I think that uh, him leaving isn't exactly that that out of line. So, I mean, there's clearly some interesting things to see. Um, my money is on... You know, I just, I'm going to go with the man who has 22 wins, won the championship in 2014, has had 36 poles, 19 podiums, and has collected a total of almost 4,000 points, and that is Mr. Willpower. I think a row two start is good enough for him to take it. And I think with all the better drivers are behind him. I mean, (laughs) he's going to be fighting hard. Yeah, he's going to be, I mean, he's just going to have to defend. But honestly, Simon Pagano, do we really think he's going to do anything? (laughs) I mean, look at who's behind him, ahead of him. Simon Pagano, hmm. Ed Carpenter, hmm. Spencer Piggott, Ed Jones, Colton Herta. I mean, like, all right, Sebastian Bourdais is right behind him. And Alexander Rossi's three. So he's got people on the row behind. And the row behind that, too, Marco Andretti. And then the row behind that, Marcus Erickson and Takuma Sato. That's going to be an interesting. Tony Kanan is in 16th. Like, all of the good people are ninth and below. I mean, you even have people like Scott Dixon qualifying 18th. I mean, this is, this is the year for Willpower to run away with it. He doesn't have any contention. Sad that Juan Pablo Montoya isn't on this grid. Yeah, but we just have to think about it. Um, Alexander Rossi is not that far behind. He came in second last year. Um, I think I'm looking at the right data. Yeah, so he's actually doing pretty well as well. He started a little further behind, but it's all about how long could he hang in there because they have multiple pit stops in uh, IndyCar, and it's all where you come in and come out. Hopefully it's more of the race strategy at this point. Yeah, I mean, willpower was a total of 1.3 miles per hour behind Simon Pagano, but I think on race day, you know, pit strategy, that can clearly make that Also, uh, these are no-toe times, by the way. So once you get a toe in, they're going to yeah. go about two to three miles per hour faster. Exactly. And Simon Pagenos doesn't have any toe. So, I mean, clearly, I think Will Power has a chance. But that's my prediction. Uh, what's your bold prediction, Juan? Ooh. Okay, bold prediction. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. There's always at least one red flag randomly just because of the nature of the track. Um, I have a feeling there's going to be at least multiple just based on practice. Most people were just losing it, I think, on um, turn three straight to the last straight on the final straightaway. People are dipping a little too low, and that because of the way the banks to a flat, they lose it and they hit the wall. Yeah. So I'm, I guess I'm going to go for at least five cars out right. out of the race and at least two red flags. All right, all right, I see that, I see that. Uh, My bold prediction is going to be very bold, and it goes against my win prediction. Oof. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Scott Dixon, 18th? I'm not feeling it. I'm saying Scott Dixon goes up 17 places for the win. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is going to be fun. This is going to be a good one. Uh, I definitely think that there's that Scott Dixon can do it. He's a good driver, um, but I'm not that confident in him to make my actual prediction. But, you know, he's my outside shot. Scott Dixon, go ahead and take it. Also, please, Kyle Kaiser, just come out of nowhere. Yeah, honestly. Cinderella story all over the oh place. Oh, my God. <laughs> we would go crazy. But, I mean, we should ask them if we, we could be a sponsor. We give you $1. Put us on the car. <laughs> I got an extra penny for that. Yeah, honestly. All right. Well, that's been this episode uh, covering the Indianapolis uh, 500. We'll pretend as if we didn't do Monaco. I hate that track. But um, thank you for listening. Um, please check out all of our other episodes, and we'll be back this Thursday. And my name is Mahesh. And this is Juan. And this has been another episode of Perfecting the Formula.